everyone. Welcome to the She's a 10 Times 5 show. I'm Lori, and my friends Lisa, Michelle, Randy, and Marcia are mixing it up and joining me to do what girlfriends do best, chat from the heart. Whether it's celebrity stories or serious topics, we're talking about it and coming in hot. Join us as we bring you the aha moments of learning, reflection, inspiration, and of course, a whole heck of a lot of fun. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Amir Karam, board certified facial plastic surgeon and founder and creator of the Karam MD Skin Trifecta. It's a three step, all in one anti aging routine that helps you defy aging in a very simple way. All right, folks, enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to She's a 10 Times 5. I am in remote studio 50 with my pal and co-host, Michelle Immick. What's up, Love Michelle? That. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we've been recording banshees leading up to this new season. Yeah. Well, there's nobody I would rather record with more well, than you. Well, thank you. Am I the only one you've ever recorded with or yes. what? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I am super hyped because this is our first guest of season five, our first guest together. And it just so happens that we, I have a mutual friend with her in Kelly Emberg. You guys all know her and Michelle, you relate to this because you're in the magazine world. This woman has been on over 500 covers of magazines over the late seventies and eighties. Say no more. It's Kim Alexis going to be in the house. Woo! I'm so excited. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. 500 magazine covers, the covers cover of Vogue. I mean, this, this woman has done it all. And, and, and on her terms. Yes. And that's, what's so great. And, and then she, on top of that entire career, and she's been an actress, she has, she's the champion of like clean living which is so remarkable. And I can't wait to dive into that. Yeah. She's got a really powerful story and I can't wait to hear it from her voice and lens. And let's go and do this. Let's do it. All right. Before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, I, there has got to be a couple of them gents out there, right, Michelle? I'm like one yeah, or two. Yeah. I didn't, and, hopefully, and hopefully they're cute. Yeah. We're going to bring Randy Crawford in the house to give one of her hard yeses or hard no's. Let's go, Randy. Hi, I'm Randy Crawford, and I'm a life coach. And boy, have I learned so much on this journey. My philosophy is simple. When we know better, we do better. No judgment. But with me, it's always a hard yes or a hard no. So today, let's jump in. You're going to hear from a beautiful supermodel, Kim Alexis. Now, we all know societal standards of beauty. You're tall, you're thin, you're blonde, you have porcelain skin, blah, blah, blah. No, I want to define beauty for you the way I see it. Beauty, your beauty is your energy that you put out into the universe. So when you walk into a room, what energy are you bringing? If you walk into a room and you feel amazing and you make other people feel amazing, that is true beauty. But here's where we get stuck as a society. Listen, most of us are on some type of social media. I'm going to pick on TikTok for a minute because TikTok has all of the influencers doing their get ready with me beauty videos. Now, I'm not poo-pooing them. I love those girls. They're adorable and they have lots of great tips and tricks. But here's where we get caught up. 
We have all these young girls that go to TikTok, they watch the videos, they go to Sephora and Ulta and do their big beauty hauls, and they think that buying all those products is going to make them look like said influencer. And girls, you're better than that. That is not where we find our beauty. So I am a hard, yes, I'm coming in hot with find your inner beauty and put it out there into the universe. That is beauty and a hard no to seeking external validation. Okay, everyone, now it's time for our show. Welcome, Kim Alexis. How are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm better than I was yesterday. Yeah. She has an infrared sauna, just for the listeners, that cleansed her system right out because you weren't you weren't feeling too good this morning, were you? No, it was the day before. All day yesterday was really bad. Yeah. I had food poisoning. So, yeah, I was not doing well at all. Well, you look fantastic. So how you can just sleep, 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 sleep. And then I went to bed last night at nine and I just slept until like one, like dead as a doornail. (laughs) Yeah. Women our age, we sleep is sometimes hard to come by. It's like, it's not easy. Yeah. And I, I'm not a big sleeper and I'm very light normally as a sleeper. So I don't know. It was, it was kind of, I feel like my skin is all refreshed. (laughs) Yes. You wake up rejuvenated. I know. Well, Kim, you know what I call an all nighter? When, when you wake up to pee and you can't go back to sleep again, that's the 10 times five all nighter, right? Okay. You guys are too young to worry about all that. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us. We're super hyped to have you and let's just get right into it. You and I share a friend in Kelly Emberg, and she was, by the way, our very first guest on She's a 10 times five and she okay. was phenomenal. And yes. I think women from our age group, and we're kind of doing a little bit of a nostalgic celebration of this resurgence of the 80s, which, as it turns out, is kind of a cool time to to be. And you have shows like Stranger Things, and, you know, now the kids are asking about things like, you know, did you really ride your bike to to the movies. So we're kind of celebrating that. And so you fit perfectly into this theme of things. And so let's start with, you you kind of started in the seventies, but tell us how you got started. You were a swimmer and then what happened? Yeah. Well, I was busy. I swam from six to 18 in my senior in high school. I figured I might as well figure out what I'm doing for college. I like to be prepared. So I enrolled in University of Rhode Island in the pharmacy program in the fall of my senior year and was on their swim team and still swimming from my high school. We were undefeated and decided that I needed to make money somehow. So people said, well, you're pretty. You should model. And I'm like, oh, really? Is there money in that? (laughs) And so so, um, they're like, yeah, but then you have to go through this course first before you could go through the agencies. And this is 1977, 78. So went through this little charm school and I would come with wet hair because I'd be done with swimming and felt like I didn't belong. I felt like a fish out of water, really. And these girls were prepared and they were all into it and they knew what to do with their hair and makeup and they'd wander around with their bags. And back then it was a big deal if you were especially a local model to have your lingerie all ready to go and your portfolio and all that. I didn't have any of that stuff. So one night I got called by the, uh, head of the school and she said could step into my office so I thought she was kicking me out of class and instead of kicking me out she asked if I wanted to go to New York and I said no I have my life planned I'm gonna be a pharmacist so it took a while and finally she uh she convinced me at least to take photos and they were sent to New York and John Casablancas 
not only was interested, but decided to come to Buffalo and have a discover a model day. And of course, picked me up right away and offered me, he had to guarantee me money, I think for a year, because he knew I was, I was going to go do something else. I wasn't that into it. And so all those girls that had intimidated me in the class, now all of a sudden they're looking at me like, wait a minute, how come she got up there with John and we're here? And then he would parade all those girls by him with their books that I thought that were intimidating to me. And that he'd look at them and say, well, what do you think about her? What do you think about her? So total 180 from where I thought I was and um, still went to New York. And, and I'd been working in a drugstore before that also making like $1.98 an hour. So for <laughs> me, the idea of going to New York, anything was going to be better than that peasley little amount of money that I was making. So my first job was for Bazaar in Rome and Paris. And that's where I met Kelly on the plane. Wow. You know, you, she's had 500 covers, people. You were the most featured model on Bazaar. Was it Bazaar or Glamour? Glamour, I hold the record for yeah. the most covers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So what is it like? And you're now working on Bazaar and you're in Europe. Is this just become like a complete whirlwind? And how does that feel? Yeah. So thank God I had Kelly and another girl who's a friend of ours, Nancy. And the three of us were just kind of hung out together. Actually, literally, there's a story about Kelly. So we get off the plane before we even working, get off the plane in Rome. And we decided we were going to walk around to get fresh air because we didn't want to fall asleep because of the jet lag, right? So we're walking around. And all these Italian playboys with their big, fancy uh, convertible cars would come up. Hey, you want to go to the disco? <laughs> you know, Kelly, and I'm a year younger than her. So Kelly'd be like, well, I don't know. I think I might want to go to the disco. I said, no, we're not going. No, we're not going to the disco. And these guys would like literally follow us down the streets. And, and Kelly would be like, well, I'm not so sure. I might want to go to the disco. I'm like, no. And I'd have to say to the Italian guys, no, no, no. No means no. And no is no. <laughs> and she was like, why are you being so mean to them? I'm like, how do you think they want? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we were young, but I just knew at 18, I'm like, no good is going to come out of this in another country going <laughs> with some guy you don't know. Anyways. At what point in this where you thought, oh, my God, I I've arrived. I never really thought that. Um, I think that I just had a strong work ethic and I kept my head down and Granted, when you're working, let's say you're doing a cover of a magazine, it takes three months for it to come out. So you're, you're not sitting around waiting for three months. And then when it comes out, it's like, oh, there we go. Everything's done. So no, for me, it was always something else, something else, more jobs, more jobs. At some point, I had 14 job offers in a day. Wow. So I could pick wow. and choose what I wanted to do, when I wanted. I could have worked around the clock if I'd wanted to. So um, I just stayed busy and I wasn't one, I didn't get into the business for that. Number one, I, I guess I got into it because I was curious. Um, I'm not a quitter, but I guess I'm also one to put up healthy boundaries and say, you know what, this isn't right or this isn't good. But I stayed in it, of course. I don't ever really look at, oh, wow, I got ahead. But I do remember once when someone Maybe after four, five, six years, someone said the word supermodel started coming out. I don't even know the very first time it came out. I'm like, what's a supermodel? And they're like, you are, my dear. And I said, really? Well, what, what does that mean? Who else is? 
And so that was when I started realizing I was in a certain group of people that, and that people were paying attention to what I did. Are you seeking luxurious pickleball products, services, and amenities that fit your discerning taste? Elevate your game on and off the court with Luxury Pickleball as your source for curated luxury vacations, high-quality designer apparel, bags, products, and coaching with top 10 pros. Luxury Pickleball offers exhilarating high-end vacation experiences in beautiful destinations with exquisite amenities and activities. Aside from our custom-designed pickleball paddles, we also carry brands like Prada, Yola, Phoenix Portier, Smartwool, Hedge, and many more. Our world-class pros can provide individual or group training at your chosen location. Imagine having a top 10 pro join you and your friends at your next luxury vacation. Luxury Pickleball, quality on and off the court. Let's go. How does that feel now? I mean, you didn't think about it at the time, but now when you reflect back to all those, how does that feel? Uh, I I don't like to focus on all of that. I just kind of just do my thing. So it feels like that was a different person. My yeah. husband recently took boxes and boxes and boxes of all the tear sheets. And a tear sheet is when you tear out from the magazine what you were in. And so I had, I have huge stacks of covers. I had huge stacks of ads. I had huge editorial and we'd put them all out on a table and we filed them and then put them, um, uploaded them so we could put them on my website. And I realized all the work I did. And I said to my husband, see, I, I, I could be, you know, I should, I should rest now because I did a lot of work. So you do realize it, but I look at those pictures. I'm like, that was me. That was me. I remember doing it, but it just seems like another person. Okay kind of just preface it with, you don't really think about it too much, but what are some of the real interesting stories? Shit, we we see like Devil Wears Prada kind of movies and we see all these things with the models. Is that close to reality of what you went through or is it false yeah, or fiction? Some of it. Yeah, some of it is. I mean, the, <laughs> she did such a good job, Meryl Streep, playing the... Yeah, she did. Did you, Have you met Anna? Uh... I don't even know in yeah. winter, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did so much Vogue back in the day. I mean, I did a lot of it. And the thing was, is if you did Vogue, you didn't do Bizarre. If you did Glamour, you didn't do Mademoiselle. I did them all. Wow. wow. And if you, I used to have a Maybelline ad next to a, a Aziza ad next to a, a CoverGirl ad next to, I mean, they were just, I'd have all of them at different, in the same magazine. You did a great piece on working with a photographer and it was, and he, I guess you, you talked about how you guys got in such rhythm that literally within f- 15 minutes, you'd have a cover shoot. Does it become like that? Like, do you, is that something that's inherent to you or is it something that's just a, a dance between you and the photographer? Uh, it's a little of all of it, but for me, I've been, I'm always good at reading what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that was a gift that I had when I was young, but to me, it was natural. If the photographer was shooting and he was like this and he'd do this with this, like his shoulder or something, I'd put my shoulder up and be like, yes, <laughs> like, okay, that wasn't that hard. So for me, it was, it was pretty easy to understand what they wanted. And and there's a part of me that's got that people pleaser mentality. So I liked giving them the shots so we didn't have to stay there all day. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, and then Michelle, I'm going to throw it over to you. I will watch Kelly because, you know, now we're all on social media. 
right? And the selfies and this and that. And um, her and her selfies. Oh my goodness. goodness. Well, I have, (laughs) and don't get her singing, right? But I have, like, it is an art because she is someone that it's, I think it's just in her genetic code, knows how to position her head and where to put her hands. And I just don't think you can teach that. I think. I believe that because we've done it for so long and there's been feedback like, no, don't do that. And you're like, okay, I'm never doing that one again. (laughs) Or, oh, that's it. So you just learn what works and what doesn't work. And what's hard for all of us, try pointing two or three cameras at her at the same time. She we get all confused because we have angles for each one. And it's like, well, which one am I supposed to be working? Yeah. You wrote a book, right? I mean, that to how to, you know, give people the tools and the tips and the techniques on how to have a good experience if they're looking to get into the industry. Yes. And I tried to do it from my point of view. So I wanted more like the emotions that I went through and the thoughts that went through my head and how I handled certain situations. So I plan on expanding that and I make curriculum for these young girls and start consulting because they need some type of a, there's not any how to really. And there's so many things that these girls feel that they have to do in order to get ahead or they're desperate to become famous and it's not worth it. So I want to start helping them with, this is what you look for when this situation comes up, because nobody teaches you this stuff in school. No, I think it's great. I mean, kudos to you for providing that platform, because there are so many people, we live in a different world. Now, everybody, like you said, I mean, before people, you know, star in their eyes, I want to be a model, or I want to be famous, but now it's just next level. And who's giving them the roadmap? And right. I'm sure there, you know, you saw it. There's probably a lot of dangerous directions they could go down. At least dangerous situations mm-hmm. and how you handle them. And and you've got to decide who you are and what you put up with. And there's this whole thought process and healthy boundaries. So I'm I'm writing curriculum on that also, on uh, where to where to draw the line. Yeah. There can be a line, and we have to say no. Yeah, and I think people are, you know, there's so many people out there that are hungry for fame or to take the next step that they don't have that person that's there as their champion saying, Hey, listen, you know, you need, you can say no, or you, you know, you don't have to take this path. So I think it's great. I also think there's a little more respect because as you knew, I wanted to be a pharmacist. So I was ready to walk at any point. I just wasn't going to put up with stuff. And so I think that that comes through even at a young age where it's like, we're either using her the way she wants to be used or she's gone. There's a respect there. And I think that some of these young girls have not learned that. At, oh, I have to do everything they say. No, you don't. I mean, even signing contracts, they'll have you sign contracts right on set. It's like, okay, well, you need a lawyer. How are you supposed to read that? It's okay to scratch through them. Mm-hmm. So they don't yeah. know any of Well, and you said something really key, Kim, which is you would do your photo shoot, but there would be a lag time of three months before it was for public consumption. And we live in a world now, especially these young girls, where everything is instantaneous and our attention span is so, so brutal and harsh. It's, It's a very, very different world. So I love the fact that there's someone out there that's thinking about these things and helping to create a, a game plan for these young women. It's awesome. Okay. So let's segue into something that's near and dear to your heart. And I want to start it with kind of (laughs) the the aging process. A lot of us have had children. Some of us are on a 
in a different relationship. We view ourselves different and our bodies start to change and how our perspective is starts to change and we age and that's not always easy. You have a great approach to this, which is beauty from the inside out where we kind of look at the outside, you're, you're proselytizing, taking what's inside of you and being healthy and that will project out. So tell us all about everything you're doing in that space. I think part of it stemmed from wanting to go into pharmacy. So I was always interested in cause and effect and what do things do to you or for you. And so when I started, um, I've been on a ton of crazy diets. I've never been the way Kelly is. She doesn't have to really worry about anything. But for me, I was always struggling with it. Um, And so I was always trying to figure out healthy ways because I still had to look good even if I wasn't eating a lot. And so I realized it had to be healthy, natural food. So I started with that. And as things have progressed, I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but um, back in like the, when I was young or a teenager, we didn't have health food stores. There weren't Mm. even very many gyms. No. So or fitness centers or health clubs or whatever you want to call them. We didn't have such a thing. So um, when I first started and, and went to New York, I heard the words, you need to lose 15 pounds. I was swimming five and a half hours a day. I was five foot 10 and 145 pounds. So it was difficult to stop swimming and then just try to transition, get the muscle off because I wasn't fat, but I was bigger and it, I couldn't keep it off. So I had to, I always had this thought in my head that I wasn't quite good enough. And then you've got people who become jealous and try and knock you down any way they can. So they would go after me as far as my weight or whatever, because it would make them feel better, right? So anyways, over the years, I just learned that I feel better when I take care of myself as well as possible. I eat as clean as possible. And the more I study, the more I learn, the more I learn, the more I realize I need to learn. And so I started realizing a couple of years ago that people are products, companies will give you a product and the marketing, which we, Kelly and I have been in marketing for over 40 years, is about what the product will do for you to make your life easier or make it quicker or make it better, whatever it is. Um, Take Reynolds Wrap, and I don't even know if they have it anymore, tinfoil. I remember this is what got me in my head. And I thought, they're saying that they have a tinfoil where the food won't stick to the tinfoil. Like just cover your lasagna and bake your lasagna and the food won't stick. And I said, what did they do to that product to make the tinfoil stick? And what does that do to you? So... I don't have the answer to it. I don't know what they used on that. But then I started going down this whole path of, wow, there's all these things that say that it's great for you. Some fragrance that lasts 12 hours in your clothes. Oh, well, is what's in that that's, and what is that doing to your body? So my, my mantra became, see what a product does to you, not what it does for you. So I started looking at things differently. We're so into, as you say, wanting to be quick and easy and fast, and we're doing it at the detriment of our own health. We're using toxins and chemicals and a lot of different things to make our lifestyle, whatever, easier, better, quicker. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, and I think it's so true growing up. I know for me, being a young girl, small town, upstate New York, I mean, we didn't know we didn't, we didn't know. We just ate whatever was in front of, you know, it was like there was a McDonald's and a Burger King. <laughs> I always, you yeah. know, so we just weren't educated. And I, the more we learn and we, we understand, I feel like we're turning the corner. I do think people are starting to open their eyes to 
marketing and all these, you know, this kind of trickery and technique that's out there to get people to believe. Cause you wouldn't think about that normally. You just buy the rental trap and you would put it on there, you know, not thinking. Right. What is it doing? Yeah. Right. Yep. And we're going to be surrounded by it no matter what. And there's going to be things we have to deal with and live with in this day and age, but some things we can change or we can choose a different product. We also have way many more products back than when we were young. The cereal aisle is like the cereal aisle, right? (laughs) It's like, yeah. yeah. And you probably see this too, Kim, that we can go back to that. Do you remember back in the day when they had like the fat free, like the snack wells, cookies and the things we were like, oh, these are healthy. And so it's the way things are packaged now that you think you're like, oh, this is great. This is sugar free or whatever. And really, it's just filled with all kinds of garbage, like fat free. It was great, but it was filled with more sugar. Right. So I'd rather have a healthy fat in there somewhere. Here's the thing. I was having a discussion with someone about this and. The other dynamic that's happening is, and I would love for someone to take this lane on, is it's become really expensive to be healthy, to get organic, to get fresh veggies, to do all those things. And socioeconomically, a lot of people can't keep up with that. What are your thoughts for those people that, you know, walking into Whole Foods and getting that bill is a difficult one for them to swallow? Yeah, hate to say it, but you should probably go to Trader Joe's instead of Whole Foods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little cheaper. And I've been in grocery stores in Mississippi and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what they've got. I mean, there's some grocery stores that don't have very much of anything. Kind of looks like you're smart and final. Have you ever been into one of those? Some places just don't have as much uh, available. So it, it's still, no matter what, no matter where you are, try and stay as whole as possible the way God made it. So whole grains, whole fruits, whole vegetables, if you can. I suppose frozen is better than canned, but I don't eat frozen vegetables myself. Yeah. And you try, I mean, sometimes people just eat what's in season. Sometimes fresh markets are good if you can find those. Co-ops. I mean, I, I co-op some of my beef and um I don't know. You, you got to be a little creative, but you can spend money on cigarettes and Doritos or you can spend money on a whole piece of fruit. Yeah. Everything we do is a choice and an option. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And then again, to the people in the back. <laughs> Although every now and again, a Dorito is not bad, right? <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. We just got no, the face. No, that, that's, well, that's not my cheat. I'm a chocolate chip. I made quotes saying I'll run a marathon to eat chocolate chip cookies. Oh, God. Wait, yeah. yeah. You're a marathon runner. Are you still, you're still fully active running? No, I just got benched. I had to go to oh. my, I just saw my chiropractor this morning. I'm like, you know, the knee doctor you told me to go to, you found micro fractures and tears and I have been benched from running. So now I'm biking, elliptical, road machine, whatever I can get my hands on. Excellent. Okay. So, bad. No, it's bad. so middle, <laughs> middle-aged women, we have other things going on, right? You know, our estrogen yeah. or uh, have yeah. you done any work or studies, or do you have any recommendations for women when they physiologically and chemically start to go through that process? Do you have thoughts about that? I take hormone replacement. So I'm, I have pellets and I go, I'm actually going tomorrow. So you're seeing me at my low, but to me that 
I, I went through a point in my life where I had a trauma with one of my fans and I realized that I was in bed for two weeks, like depressed, couldn't get out of bed. And I'm like, what the heck is wrong? So I don't know if the trauma pushed me over the edge or what, but I went to a doctor at that point I was living in Colorado and she says, well, no wonder you're like feeling bad. You don't want to get out of bed. You have no hormones, none no estrogen, no progesterone, and no testosterone. So I don't know if the crappy diets I did all of the years of my life or the denial or the all the super exercise or the running, I don't know what it was. But me, I needed to put hormones back to feel better. And so I started with pellet, putting pellets in my hips. So that is what I do for me. I'm sure many other women have different things or different problems that come up. I also take thyroid medicine because I have a thyroid Hashimoto's. Gotcha. So yeah, life is great when your hormones are balanced. Did you, I'm curious, Kim, did you, did you get that information from, from your PCP, your primary care? Because the reason I bring it up is I I went through a similar situation where they were like, yeah, you're fine. Your levels are fine. And then it wasn't until I went to a specialist that she was like, no, you need to be on medication. Yeah, what I've read with thyroid, and you're talking about your thyroid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what I've read with that is whatever they did when they first made parameters for the blood tests, I think that they made them way too wide. My mom still complains about thyroid. Her sister has a problem. I have a problem. And my mom will talk about all these things that are symptoms of thyroid. And she says, no, I've had my doctor do a test and everything's fine. I'm like, mom, you need to go to a specialist. No, no, I'm fine. (laughs) So, I mean, you can only do so much with them, but uh, you have to find a doctor that's willing to look outside the box, possibly do an ultrasound on your thyroid to see if you have little cysts for your thyroid overworking or underworking or whatever the case may be. So there are many symptoms of a thyroid problem and it's not just blood work. Yeah. And I, I think it's just so good for, for people watching, listening, because there's so many people, I hear it all the time from women. They're like, I have this, this, and this symptom. And then it's exactly that. They come back, they're like, well, I've had the, them check. They said everything was fine. I'm right. like, we well, need to go to someone else because yeah. they're probably, like you said, the, when they set those rain, ranges, it's, you know, times have changed, things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I wrote that. I wrote another ebook called my thyroid journey. And it was because I've been on and off thyroid medication like four times. I kept trying to find a natural way to help my body get itself back. And finally, I've now just given up. Give me the drugs. (laughs) What is great about that is that you made every attempt. And I think that's the message is saying, look, let me look at what are the alternatives? What are my options? And then you did what I always love hearing is that you went out and educated people on your experience and they can choose for themselves. What's the best, you know, what's the best direction to go. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the hormones for female hormones. I can't obviously diagnose that, but I would just suggest if you feel bad, um, I do it and feel much better. And I figure why suffer? I have other friends that will say, why would you do that? It could cause cancer, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what? I'm never getting cancer. I'm just making a statement. I'm never getting cancer. There you go. Don't want to deal with it. Never going to have it. And anyway, so I feel like I've got my MD who is overseeing everything and I just trust her. I love that. I, you know, I come from a family where I literally, I I feel like I should have hired Aaron Brockovich because something was, something was up. It just was recurring. Everyone was getting cancer. And I think sometimes we get in this mentality of it's not if it's when, 
I think what you're saying is that being a self-advocate, looking into options, trying new things and staying on top of your health with the right professionals is, yeah, we should never have to worry about getting sick, right? Well, and also backing up just a little bit, and this can pertain to anything, is not accepting certain words. So when I first was discovered, when someone said, you need to lose 15 pounds, I bought into that and I still believe it. And it's, it's, it's hurt me and it's hurt my self-esteem in ways for years and years and years. And some person could say one statement to you and you buy into those words and that bothers you the rest of your life. Your nose is too big or whatever. People would say stuff to me and that's like water off a duck's back. It's like, fine, that's what you think, but that's your problem, not mine. So we need to realize even when someone says, you know, well, so-and-so had cancer at 40 or like my husband would say, well, heart disease has been in the family since 40. I'm like, stop. No, no. Those words do not say those words. Take them back. Don't speak that stuff. To me, God spoke and the world was created. So words are very powerful. Preach, Kim. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me ask you a little bit of a provocative question. And this goes back into the, the category of aging. Not for the faint of heart for any of us women. You know, men, for some reason, I don't know, they have an easier time with it. I can't imagine how it compounds when you have been on 500 magazine covers. The psyche, is it different or whatnot? Like, have you gone through this and, and you're reflecting back, we threw up, you know, your photo on Bazaar. Has that been hard emotionally for you to kind of go through that? To look in the mirror and see what, see what I turned into? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Well, I mean, you're gorgeous. Um, I mean, you know, but I'm just saying, is, is there an added little pressure? No, good. I'm so happy no. to hear that. No. Um, I go with no makeup on and my hair in a ponytail and my workout clothes on and that's it. And I don't know if people know who I am or not, but it doesn't matter. I, I, if you knew me, I barely look in the mirror. We used to make fun of Kelly, Nancy and I, because we stayed all together like a couple of years ago at Nancy's place in New York city. And Kelly's like, where's your full length mirror? And we both looked at each other. We're like, we don't have one. Why? <laughs> we had to tell. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't look in the mirror that much. I think that's an upstate New York thing. I think that, and you were a swimmer, seriously. Cause when you're an athlete and I know Lori, you were as well. So was I, I think you just have, I guess more just comfortable within your skin or something, but you're <laughs> like, Hey, this is me. And I mean, you're gorgeous no matter what, but you, you didn't go into that. Like, it sounds like just from your story, you always knew who you were Yeah, throughout the, all those years of modeling. And so you, you've taken that on. And I think it's great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can't change much of it. And I am not one. I've never done Botox. I've not done any plastic surgery on my face. I don't even color my hair anymore. So I just am trying to be, this is what a 62-year-old looks like. I just have to be some plumb line for you can, you could, you could, I probably could be better. I could take away certain lines, but I just choose not to. Good for you. And you're, you're doing 62. Well, yeah, (laughs) I'm going to give you one of these. Hopefully you can hear it. Can you hear that? That's our live studio audience. You didn't know they were behind (laughs) me, did you? No. Okay. Kim, what is next? I know you like to golf. And before we hit record, you talked about, you've got a lot of volume of requests coming in. What is, what is on your horizon when you grow up? When I grow up? Yeah. Um, Well, number one, I would love grandchildren and I can't pressure my sons. I have three grown (laughs) sons and I have no grandchildren. 
Kelly's going to have a grandbaby, isn't she? I know, a little boy, yeah. Oh. Anyway, so um, that would be wonderful. But to get back to working and being able to encourage and speak and motivate and um, and preach. So I am studying to be a minister. I'm halfway through, but I'm also very interested in health and fitness. So trying to just be an advocate any way I can, trying to write curriculum either to speak in colleges or to go out and talk around the country. Love it. Love it. Love, love, love. Well, where can they find you? And you've got your eBooks and you've also got your other book. Where can people get more of Kim Alexis? Yeah, all of it will be on my website, KimAlexis.com, including all the social media hashtags. Someone took my name and so many things. So I had to put the in front of it. (laughs) Wow. Really? Oh, yeah. People name their kids after me. Some girl in my hometown has a Kim Alexis photography studio. I'm like, you cannot have that. She's like, why not? That's my name. And I said, but that's my name. That's my business. And she says, sue me. All right. Let's lawyer up, Kim. Let's get her. Yeah. Okay. I have a couple fun things and I'm that I'm going to, we have a, we call it studio 50 hotline and we had a couple really great calls and I'm going to cue this up here. Hi, love your podcast. I have a question for Kim Alexis. Um, I read that you never post new. Being a supermodel, did you feel a lot of pressure? And how were you able to hold true, unlike so many other models, then and now? Bye. Jenny from Arizona. Were you able to hear that clearly? Uh, I, I got some of us a half second late, but she's asking if I, why I didn't pose nude. Um, so I would be in bookings and I'm sure Kelly and all of my contemporaries would be, and you'd be booked for one thing. And all of a sudden they'd say, darling, take off your shirt. And I'm like, what? And they're like, Oh, it'll be art. And I'm like, no, no, we're not doing that. And a couple times it was where I was the only one who thought it was not a good idea. So I'd have to walk out of a booking and everyone was pissed at me thinking I was like, ruining the party, but I didn't care. And there was something somewhere, this was way before Google, but there was just something in there that said, no, because who knows where it's going to show up. Yeah. So I just, I didn't do really lingerie either. I just really, I did some like for editorial when I was first um, starting and my husband found a picture of me and I was in like a garter and I didn't even know what a garter was and how to put it on. And some, the photographer was like, Oh, darling, darling, you know, play with this and do this and look this way. And I'm like, what? So I just remember being super uncomfortable and I thought, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm not going to do these types of shots. I didn't like it. I'm just very practical, very tomboy. So well, going back to being an athlete, we get that sensibility, right? Okay, I got one more for you. Let's see if you, yeah, can't wait to see your face on this one. I have an interesting question that brings you way back into 1978, 79. Um, What was your favorite time at Studio 54? And was I there with you? (laughs) That's a good question. I'm just curious what the answer is. Me too, I want to know. Okay, <laughs> Kelly wants to know about Studio Fifty Four, and so, yeah, Kel- yeah, Kelly and I were very new, and um, it was summer. It we were living together in a little apartment in 
New York City on 58th and like Park or something. So we decided to go out and walk around at night and we we came upon this movie set. They were filming outside in the streets and God knows how we did it, but we ended up meeting Desi Arnaz Jr. And I actually even got to sit in his little director's chair. And so he's talking to us and his mother was from my parents' hometown of Jamestown, New York. My parents both grew up in Jamestown, New York. And so we we're talking away and whatever. And so he says, how would you girls like to go out tonight? Well, for some reason, I told Kelly this one was fine. So I'm like, yeah, we'll go. And so he picked us up at like midnight or something. And we went to Studio 54 and her and I drank water all night long and saw the most crazy, wild things. I mean, he took us all over the place to the little back rooms and all the little stuff that went on. I remember getting home at five in the morning. I don't know if I've ever done that since. But I remember calling my dad. My dad was already awake for the next day. Because my dad gets up early and I'm like, dad, I just went, went came home from Studio 54. I was with Desi Arnaz Jr. And ended up working and doing a show with, or not a show, a, um, a tennis tournament with him. He and I were MCs for a show years and years and years later. He still remembers that. Wow. Us on this, taking us. Well, you know, there's, cool. a, there's a guy in our community that. I, I don't I don't know how he was part of Studio 54, but he was he was part of that rat pack that they would say you come in and get like the party poppers. Right. And then the line would be outside. And all I know is that he said, well, I go, how do you know Kelly he goes from Studio 54? So <laughs> I think she was more of a regular than she leads on to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we went after that. So we we split up and got our own apartments after that. But yeah, yeah. It was a very interesting night because everything was like, we were like wide eyes, like this big, like, wow. I bet. I bet. Well, thank you very much. I have one more fun thing to do. And then I know you're a busy woman and um, we'll get, we'll get you back to Kim Alexis world. Oh, the Kim Alexis. So whoever that, <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. I, yeah. I got a couple fun questions. So I'm going to put you in the hot seat. All right. You ready for this? I got to put on my glasses because I'm a 10 times five plus three. Okay, Uh-oh. here we go. What is the biggest event you've ever attended? Um, Cans? No, I've never been. No. I've been to uh, the Academy Awards parties before. Um, those were pretty big. I did something that was um, Night of 100 Stars years and years ago, and I was one of the 100, so that was a big deal, oh, but wow. I can't even tell you what year that was. Okay. Okay, this is a fun one. If you had to pick only one type or brand of shoe to wear for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, what's stylish and still feels like a sneaker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ding ding on that one yeah yeah i don't know i have i'm not a big shoe girl my husband has more shoes than i do same same <sighs> yeah yeah um so i don't know on that one okay. carol also, we have to get carol on because she's the shoe queen all right yeah i love it okay this is another fun one and maybe a little provocative If you were stuck in an elevator, and I'm going to add a layer of complexity on this. If you were stuck in an elevator in Vegas, because you know Vegas elevators are much different than just normal elevators, right? Who would you want in there with you? 
My husband. Uh, well, this, okay. Let me take. My kids? You mean someone I don't know? Like it has to be someone famous? What does it have to, it could be anyone. I, I'm, I I'm, I'm going to, you. <laughs> your, your husband, you know what? It's awesome that you say that. Don't be mad that that's her answer. I'm not mad. I'm I'm just, I'm baffled because my husband would probably be the last one. One of us would not come out alive. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I can't, well, yeah. I'd want a MacGyver stuff and he would, he would be, you know, yeah. Okay. Oh, would you be pulling out the wires and trying to like rework everything? Yeah, maybe. And then he'd be getting frustrated. I mean, what? Michelle, you who would you pick? I don't, I don't know. I'd have to I really. Put in there. I'm not good off the cuff. I, I, Maybe I, you I, want MacGyver. Yeah, MacGyver. There you go. Is Kevin and I are going to select? I I wish that I would have peed first. I always worry when I see those and they would like stuck for hours and hours. Every time I get in the elevator, I've, all of a sudden I feel like I have to go pee. I'm like, oh, yeah. I get paranoid that I'm like, I step in, I'm like, oh no, please don't let anything happen. Why am I? Well, and uh, yeah, well, now after COVID, you know, you, you, someone coughs and you want to hit the deck, <laughs> you know, I know I'm like that with cruise ships. I don't know how anyone ever gets on a cruise ship, but that's, that's my kryptonite. I will not go on a cruise. Are cru- you a germaphobe? I'm not. No, not at all. Actually, I'm, 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 I'm the antithesis of germaphobe. In fact, when, oh. co- when COVID hit, I was like, bring it. Like I wasn't afraid at all. And then I got it and I got really sick. And now, now I'm kind of a little bit more cautious about it. it oh. Yeah. I bet your food poisoning's right up there with the COVID. I've never gotten COVID, so I don't know. Oh, congratulations. Well, Good that you, you that you know of. See, that's the thing is it, that I know of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It affects everyone so differently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much but for your keep time. Keep your immune system strong, everybody. I yes. You know, a bunch of uh, different uh, little things, little videos that are coming out on our immune systems. And there's just different products and uh, supplements you can take. Kim, I was going to ask a quick question. And you can cut this if you want to. But didn't I see a video just recently that you did about washing your eggs? Did I did I see that? Yes, that's so weird because in Europe, they just leave them on the counter. I didn't know this. And I saw your video and I'm like, oh, I'm 49 years old and I didn't know you're supposed to wash wash your eggs no we don't wash them somebody washes them and that's why we need to refrigerate them so wash them that's so interesting i saw your i was like i had to watch it again i was like i didn't even know that that was a thing yeah that's why we refrigerate but they wash and then leave them out no they don't wash oh they don't wash no there's something about a protective coating on the cuticle of the egg where I believe they that's why they don't wash them. That's when I started researching all that deeply, it seems that that was a big thing. And then also don't leave them on the counter for like over two hours. Cause if they start to sweat that any bacteria can go through the membrane of the eggshell, like uh-huh. what? <laughs> food poisoning, I can tell you, I just, I'm going to be very cautious about it. No sweating eggs. And- yeah, no sweating. <laughs> And exactly. Let, let's be honest. None of us can afford eggs anymore. So this is no. not even a problem to talk about. Right. Right. One final, Kim, is that what would be great is if you ever, if you continue, continue to do these videos, gut health. So yeah. I've started to really become very cognizant about probiotics. I, I drink a lot of kefir now. That is a great, and I absolutely see a difference when I am particular about my gut health. Yeah, it's a fairly big topic too. Yeah, I mean that you can get. I've studied quite a bit of it, and I'm finding not conflicting, but 
a little bit sometimes conflicting. Some people say, no, there's nothing really to it. But I've tried to stay that way myself. I make my own kombucha and I try to eat, you know, yogurt and stuff like that yeah. too to get the, the friendly bacteria. Yeah. Okay. Kim Alexis is going to solve all of our world problems. <laughs> Eggs. Real peace. Yes. Real peace. Thank you so much for being with us here today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you listeners. All right, listeners, it's time to bring on our kindness ambassador, Marcia from Inspire Always with a kindness takeaway. This week for kindness, we're going to go out and compliment a stranger. You're going to go up to them, tell them their hair looks great. Their nails look great. You think they're beautiful. That compliment will make their day. I promise you. Follow us on Instagram at she's a 10 times five. You can click on the link in our bio to listen to all of our previous episodes, as well as check out our live video interviews over our YouTube channel. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, pretty much wherever else you decide to listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe.